You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, May the 17th, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us this morning is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Craig, good morning. Uh, what a crazy week, but uh, lots, of, lots to talk about. Well, that's for sure, my friend. And uh, before we get started, we always like to talk about some of the special services that Sprott Money offers. And a lot of folks may not realize that Sprott Money can store and secure your physical precious metal for you. All you have to do is open a storage account with us and store your, pre- store your precious metals in any of our six global locations. Sign up for Sprott Money International Storage and receive exclusive deals as well. Just call 888 888- Eight six one zero seven seven five, or visit SprottMoney.com for more details. It's been an interesting week for our precious, precious Eric. We had a, a, a really good move on Monday, and then all of it reversed back out on Thursday, based, I guess, on these trade war fears that haven't gone away. Uh, what are your thoughts as we're now on Friday? Well, I find it very interesting that I would have thought that the evidence for uh, people being more interested in gold was considerably higher this week than the performance. And, uh, of course, we go to uh, those days when it appeared that the uh, trade negotiations were floundering. Uh, and, in fact, as, I, as we sit here today on a Friday, I mean, it almost looks like they're over, to be honest, unless somebody pulls something out, a uh, rabbit out of a hat here. But uh, the Chinese are um, getting quite vociferous in their own press literally on today, about how uh, they are so uh, upset about the American position. And I'm not commenting on one position or another. I'm commenting about whether a trade uh, war is going to be resolved here, and it certainly doesn't sound like it's going to be resolved. And uh, that will not be good for any any economy. And um, we see evidence of world trade slowing down. Uh, We see it in... um, uh, airport traffic, um, we see it in ship traffic, we see it in truck haulage in the United States. We saw it in retail sales this month that were down 0.2%. So there's uh, many, many indications that uh, a slowness is taking hold here. And, of course, the, the more the trade war manifests itself, i.e. we put on the tariffs and people start having to pay more for the same goods. That is not going to be in a good situation. And, of course, the worst part about it all, the government takes in the tariff and the people pay it. And the people that are paying it are the people who can't afford it. Most can't afford it. Right. So it's just not, uh, it's not, a, it's not a good situation that we have. Yet, uh, yet the market goes up merrily. Looks like it'll be down today. Uh, that's been sort of predicted by Nomura, who looks at, you know, dealer gamma and things like that. And where, where do the dealers want the market to be at a certain time so they can make the most from their customers? And uh, it seems that uh, we're at that point now. We were at that point yesterday where that's the best situation for the dealers right there. And now it should go back down again. And it looks like it's sort of following the script. So perhaps if the market wants to go down here, there people might at least look at, uh, precious metals again. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that you're you're right about the market. Uh, it certainly looks like it wants to go down. Only it rallies every day. Uh, it seems as if uh, nothing can affect it. But at the same time, the bond market is just rallying like crazy, Eric. I'm I'm sure you're watching that too. I mean, the the U.S. yield curve is now inverted all the way out to ten years. They've raised the Fed funds four times uh, over the last twelve months, if you will, at least from 2018 to today. But yet rates on the two-year note, the 10-year note, are, are actually down over that time period. So the Fed has worked pretty hard to invert the yield curve. You'd sure think all these things are lining up toward recession. It sure, certainly looks that way. Well, the bond market's typically smarter than the stock market. And, uh, you know, look, at people forget we essentially had a bear market in the two or three months to, to December 18th. Bang, down 20%. And it sort of tells you how vulnerable things are. And, of course, we had to have that 180-degree shift by the Fed, uh, which, uh, I guess, fed into market optimism here. But uh, the reason for the shift is we were going into an economic paralysis, if you will. And, yes, the fact that interest rates have gone down here has probably improved some uh, opportunities in housing and maybe anything related to the interest rate, like car sales and stuff like that. But they're still soft. People still uh, have hardly any uh, wage increase, and there is inflation. I mean, there's always inflation that people never speak to, and it's sort of depressing to, to, to look at the supposed inflation numbers when, you know, you go and buy something or try to fix something and tell me there's no inflation. I mean, it's just impossible. Yeah. Anyway, um, and, then, and, and as we get these reports come out that things are soft here, I think the GDP now forecast by St. Louis Fed is like 1.1% in the second quarter. We better not get a couple more negative numbers here, otherwise it'll be zero. And that'll be a pretty fast shift, too, from the theoretic 3.2%, which it really wasn't, to almost nothing in the second quarter. So. Yeah. Well, there's been some interesting news this week on the physical front, and price obviously still determined through the trading of derivatives, but... Uh, how about the import numbers in India? I think that's rather remarkable. Yeah, the, the unofficial number is 121 tons. By the way, 121 tons. I think we mine about 285 tons a month, something around that number. So they almost consume half the mined gold in the world. Now you throw in Russia for 30, China for 15, a few other guys around. You, you could account for a big part of the, of the gold production. Uh, just by those few uh, parties, and uh, that increase to 121 was a 58% increase. So it's it's good to know that uh, where the mass populations are, they still love gold, and you you can't keep buying it in those quantities. I I, I sort of look at what China is going to do here with their 1.1 trillion the U.S. debt. As we know, they went from buying 10 tons a month to 15 tons a month. I mean, do they just keep stepping it up here? That well, fine. Now that we get rid of those treasuries, maybe we'll go go diversify our currencies here and throw a little more at gold. That that's entirely possible, uh, particularly if you know it gets really heated. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I happen to believe is, uh, much as I worry about manipulation of the whole stock market, I certainly believe in manipulation of the commodities markets because we see it in gold and silver all the time. But I also believe in sort of my heart and soul that the commodity prices generally are suppressed in COMEX. And, you know, you look at the farm prices and the meat price. It's just horrible, the situation we have. 
um, at the farm level and at the commodity level, not necessarily at the store level, you know. You know, supposedly uh, something's cheap, but when you go to the store, it's not cheap. Uh, but what the farmer gets is is yeah. less. And mm-hmm. I think the whole thinking is that it's more important to keep the finance guys happy than the produce than industry production guys happy. And and so that's what we see play out in these markets. But sooner or later, you end up with an event that causes uh, problems, and of course, then a, a price can spike up quite quickly and particularly when you just don't have it physically right and of course that's what we're always hoping for in gold and silver uh it could be so explosive so quickly imagine if imagine if the chinese started buying silver they could could buy all the silver in about a month so that would be uh, quite exciting but the physical side looks good in my mind yeah that's for sure well, I have a couple questions that were sent in over the week, Eric. Uh, I'd like to run those past you as we begin to wrap up, I guess. Uh, yep. One question is a lengthy question, I think, can basically be summarized as, you know, there are a lot of theories out there about World War II gold, uh, whether it was, you know, the Nazi gold stashed someplace. I remember there was a, like a rail car people thought they had found or uh, the the idea of Yamashita's gold, Japanese gold that might be buried in the Philippines, and whether these vast stores of, you know, this gold that people think is out there is somehow used to uh, help manage the price. I mean, do you have any thoughts on, on those theories, Eric? I, I, I believe the Yamashita story. I mean, we know from all sorts of evidence that when the Japanese went into China, I mean, they just took all the gold they could take, okay? And then they realized they were going to lose the war, uh, so they uh, arranged to stash it in the Philippines, but the Americans found it uh, and never admitted it, of course. And so that was uh, put to one side to fund things. And who knows what it it funded. It undoubtedly funded a lot of military things. It probably funded supportive governments. Um, But I would guess the effect of that, I mean, we're talking 70, 80 years later, uh, that that has been well disposed of, and I don't think there is that physical gold around that they might want to talk to because, I mean, if the physical gold was there and you want the price of gold down, why don't you just show us a picture of the gold and let's get the price down? Yeah. But they don't do that. In fact, they don't want to even show us the picture of the gold that's supposedly at Fort Knox right. and other places. So, uh, no, I don't think there's a great uh, overhang of uh, of gold out there. Fair enough. And then I had a lot of questions this week uh, at my site and then one sent in as well about uh, just wondering if you could comment on Wallbridge. Apparently there were some uh, sure. press releases this week. Yeah, well, there was a couple. One, um, they announced the results of the bulk sample. It came in, I think, at 17 point, I'm going to say 86 uh, grams, which was not bad. But it was a little less than people might have hoped because the last stope they apparently uh, took out more waste than they should have. And, of course, when you process waste at a mill, you don't get any gold out of it. Uh, but it's still, you know, on a world scale, that's in the top 10 gold mines in terms of that, the grade that they had. Uh, it was also announced that, you know, we closed the private placement and that my ownership went to 24.99%, not that that was anything significant because everybody knew it. The one thing we're waiting for is the uh, the drilling results in the Area 51. Um they did make a comment in their main presentation. I'm going to quote it to you here. It said, all surface holes to date have intersected broad mineralization with occasional uh, visible gold. Now, you know, they've announced that they had four holes, but they've been drilling other holes. Now, I don't know whether I'm supposed to read that in May 
when maybe we have eight holes that they all hit mineralization. But I suspect that's what happened. So I am looking for a lot of interest that news release on drilling, and it should be coming very soon. How about uh, Kirkland Lake? It had a good week uh, as well. Well, it had a good week, and it's had a sell-off recently. Uh, I can tell you that I have done a lot of work on this new drilling uh, that Kirkland announced. Yeah. And it was interesting. I had, I had a report that I received, and I'm going to sort of read from the report because the guy talked about the amalgamated break, and he says, I'm just going to read from him. He says, the average intercept from eight holes drilled in a particular area was 2.5 meters of 162 grams. Wow. And it says another area where they reinterpreted 15 production holes and drilled five holes, the, an average intercept of 2.4 with 89 grams. Okay? Now, luckily in my history, I did that kind of work at Fosterville. And I took every hole that we drilled and added them up and said, gee, that looks like it could be 75 grams. This is the same kind of work, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's higher than Fosterville. Wow. And it's not that far from the existing mining. Uh, so much so that, I mean, we could be mining this thing next year if some decision was made to, to go there. And if all of a sudden you're mining 90 grams instead of 30 grams, my math says your production triples. Yeah. Other things being equal. Same sort of math that caused Fosterville's production to uh, quadruple. It went from 150 to 600 because they went from four or five grams to 60 grams. So that's what happens with grain, and it doesn't, doesn't cost any more money either. So I'm quite excited about what could happen here with this uh, amalgamated break that's at Macasa, and that the main break where all the mining was done, it had many, many mines go along this one break. They mined 25 million ounces. Now we got another break immediately south of it that goes the same distance and potentially higher grades. Well, I'll leave the listeners to do the math. Okay? Yeah. But we, we have a lot to prove yet, but I can tell you it's early days, and it looks pretty exciting. Well, and I think of anything, you know, we are all frustrated by price, especially over the last quarter or so, uh, as it seems rather counterintuitive to what's going on in the world and what's going on economically. But that doesn't mean that the entire sector needs to be shunned. <laughs> there are some great opportunities there, and you've listed a couple of them. Yeah, no, there's always things that people can do that uh, where you can try to get in front of some developing trend here. I mean, that's what I spend all my time looking for. Uh, so there's always winners and there's always losers. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it, it could get very exciting here. I, I was very happy to see the whole unicorn thing get pounded this week. Uh, these companies that, you know, are huge market caps, no earnings, huge losses. Mm-hmm. Everybody's betting on the future, and they just got zipped here. And maybe they'll get zipped again as uh, markets head back down. So, um, and the, a lot of earnings reports. I saw two earnings reports. I talked about Apple, where their earnings were down ten percent, but it was a beat. And then uh, Walmart was down one percent, but it was a beat. Everyone gets excited. I mean, come on, guys, the earnings aren't going up here, and you're right. paying more for it. This does not make any sense. Right. So. You know that the market has something wrong with it fundamentally when that happens. Yep. Well, and it sets us up, I, again, for, I think, a pretty interesting summer. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where we stand by next week at this time. Uh, but for now, I think we might as well wrap up this week and call it a day. 
Look forward to it, Craig. All the best. Have a good one. Thank you, my friend. And everybody, on your way out, please be sure to stop by the deals page here at Sprott Money. It's right there in the navigation bar. Never know what you're going to find there, but you're always going to find some good deals on some physical metal. Again, SprottMoney.com or just call us, 888-861-0775. From all of us at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next Friday. 